As a mid-market business owner, you have to, and it's really important to just keep learning. One of the best ways you can learn how to be more successful is to listen to and talk to and learn from people who have already been successful. We're going to be joined today by a fantastic example of a mid-market business who's grown really quickly in the last four years. Hi, I'm Craig West. In this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're going to find out some really interesting tips from a really good business success story in the mid-market, a company that was basically started four years ago and has grown really quickly to now own uh, not one or two, but several uh, F45 gyms. We're joined by Jordan McCreary. Jordan, thanks for coming in, mate. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me. So maybe give us, just to start off, a little bit of background about your business and what it looks like today. Okay, well, about four and a half years ago, and we stumbled across this concept, which we're now fully invested in, in love with, called F45 Training. I was um, finishing my physiotherapy degree at Sydney Uni and um, took a full-time sales role in a 24-hour gym and met my now business partners, Joel and Daniel. And we used to sit and brainstorm ideas about how we could sort of change the industry and make a difference and um, came across this concept online that for me kind of encompassed a lot of the values I'd seen in my team sport background. I played a lot of AFL um, yep. and physio and put it all into this this little box and allowed people to exercise and sort of get that endorphin feeling in that team environment and it was unlike anything that I'd tried before. So, yeah, it was amazing. We tried this this session and the feeling that we all left with was, yeah, different than anything we'd ever seen. Okay, so you tried a gym session, there's three of you, and then from there in four years you've grown to, what does it look like today? How many gyms have you got? What does the business look like? Today we've got 23 studios open, another one opening next week, which is very exciting. Um, We have 120 staff, which is crazy to think, to say, and yeah, we're the biggest F45 franchisee in the world, which we found out the other day. In the world? In the world, yeah. That's awesome. And so... How's that happen in four years? That's massive growth. Yeah, I guess um, our first year of business, we probably did like a lot of the listeners did today. We had one business, we tried to do every single thing ourselves. And I think, you know, anything from that, when you make that decision to start a business, you have to kind of go all in on it. And we, we gave up a lot and quit our jobs and went out and borrowed money from banks for things like boats that we weren't actually buying and, you know, (laughs) navigated million-dollar leases where you felt like you were signing your life away and you were sitting on your phone at the end of a meeting Googling terms about bank guarantees and things that you didn't understand at that time, which is exciting. And, um, yeah, we finally opened our first gym a couple of months later after ticking through all these steps. And, yeah, from there we we had a really hard year of business where we learned a lot of the values and lessons kind of underpin our business today and had a number of acquisitions over the last two to three years and we've also opened another a number of studios. I guess we're just working on this this formula and recipe to perfect every little layer of our business. So so tell me about that. What does that look like for you? You're working on every little piece of your business. What sort of things are you looking at? Some examples? Yeah, I guess um, in our business, to do really well, we have a really good product and the benefit of being part of a, a franchise that had a lot of brand presence in a yep. health conscious city. We're in Sydney and Brisbane at the moment, both very health conscious is is really, really good and gets us so far. But that kind of only gets you to a certain level to 
add that cream to the top of our business, allow us to generate a lot of revenue and sort of open new studios really, really quickly. We had to develop a, a system to allow us to get people through the door and to find, find out about our product and then get them into the door and part of our community. So it's different, a little bit different in every little area and in every demographic. But yeah, we really look at our business in sort of four key parts. Um, the operations and the implementation of our sessions, definitely the most important because when you go to, to buy a burger at a burger shop, all you really care about is how good that burger is. Yep. Um, and if you get the onions wrong or you get something wrong and it just tastes a little bit off, you're probably not going to go back no matter how pretty the fit out is or how nice yeah, the person yep. behind the counter is. And that's what we really work on nailing to begin with. Um, and then it's all about, you know, once that's done and that's what all of our 120 staff is sort of drilled into, um, it's about, you know, getting people to understand that you're there and intercepting them somewhere within their day to find out about you. And then what motivates them to make that decision to inquire with you or walk through your door? And then they enter your sales customer service journey. Okay. So you've got a couple of complexities in your model. Obviously, you've got 23 different locations and they're in Sydney, CBD, suburbs, Brisbane, you mentioned. Yeah, we've got five studios in the city. Um, yep. We'd like to cluster our studios to, to give our staff the ability to work together and create that team yep. environment. We own the Sutherland Shire, a lot down that way as well. Northern Beaches, um, Upper North Shore, and in Brisbane, we're on sort of city and south side. Okay. It's exciting. So how do you manage all of that from here? Because you can't get to all those in a day or even a week, I wouldn't imagine. Technology's great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Phone never stops. No, it's, um yeah, probably about building a structure within your business that allows you to have a team that can work for you. That's, I mentioned some of the lessons we learned in our first year of business and, you know, we used to have arguments about who vacuumed the gym and, you know, who how much you spent on the vacuum cleaner and all those kind of things, which, you know, you look back now and they're all really irrelevant. Once yeah. we figured out that what we were really good at or what I was really good at um, and Daniel was really good at and Joel was, we, we knew we needed to outsource the other tasks and that might have been things like, you know, Daniel's key strength is managing staff and running sessions and being motivating to our trainers because he's our big sort of head PT and that's how we started, whereas Joel's in charge of the sales and the marketing side of the business and, you know, I'm a good leader and give direction to everyone. So we kind of found that out and, you know, that's allowed us to really scale because if you can utilise those skills and get other people to, to do the things that, you know, they sometimes surprise you and do those jobs or tasks or roles better than you ever would. Um, and that, yeah, that's how we have scaled and how you can grow from one studio to two, two to three and, you know, obviously growing pains all along the way, but to get to 23 and hopefully 50 in the next couple of years. So. And that's your plan, get to 50? Um, at the moment, we yeah, we, we love what we do. Yep. Um, we love our team. We love each all of our members and, you know, our team are motivated by our members. Um, we love the challenge of getting up every day and chasing something new and something different. And yeah, we have no plans to stop. Not 50 as a number, that's probably our next milestone. But yep. yeah, lots of challenges and barriers to, to get there that I'm sure we're going to face and might have faced some of them before, but um, new ones will always pop up. But yeah, continue to grow, definitely. Let's talk about some of the barriers. What do you think's been a challenge? I mean, you've got massive growth really quickly. Uh, I guess it's where to start with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's not a day in our business where you don't wake up and something's gone wrong. Um, in one of your studios or with one of your staff on an operational level, um, and then there's obviously the business structure and the financing and the, the things that are going on on that side of your business too. And yeah, we've had millions of challenges. They probably started on the the first gym we ever opened. I'll tell you a little story. I remember the biggest challenge 
I think any of us have ever faced was it was our opening night drinks of our first studio. It was a Friday night and we were due to open on the, the Monday and it was in Circular Key and Joel, Daniel and I had worked so hard, given up a lot and, you know, taken a massive risk that none of us probably thought we ever had the, the stamina to, to take. And, um, yeah, we were there to celebrate and we had this one of the best nights of my life and I remember getting in the cab and leaving for the night and in typical small business owner style, opened my emails on my phone to a scary looking email that said, attention, Mr. Jordan McCreary, please read urgently. And when you get an email like that, it's yep. definitely not one Something's you want to read good. urgently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and opened this this letter to read that, um, shift my way through, you know, a four page legal letter full of jargon that I didn't really understand and to figure out that I was being sued by my old employer for more money than I'd ever even heard of back then, um, which, you know, was kind of at the time you were like your whole world crashed down. Yeah. You just worked so hard for something and taken a, a massive risk and, you know, we weren't even going to open our doors. That was your first thought. Oh my God, right? Yeah. You just, besides some swear words you threw you around the cab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, that's one of the benefits of being part of a team we had each other to fall back on and we did open our studio and, you know, we spent the first three, four months of our business worrying about a problem that we shouldn't have been worrying about. We should have been worrying about implementing our product properly and those points I was chatting about earlier and, um, you know, had a good lawyer and after lots of back and forth, there was no substance to anything that had been sort of written in that letter or yep. um, was all just scare tactics and but it definitely distracted us and yeah, yeah. at the time you thought your world was going to end and I guess you know that's allowed us to face every challenge moving forward with a bit of a different mindset with you know there's always a way to solve a problem if you have something thrown at you if it's a something to do with a building or a staff or financing there's always a way for you to sit back problem solve and come up with a solution and I think you see a lot of business owners fail um, whether they're 45 owners or burger shop owners or financial planners because they hit a barrier, they just don't know what to do about it and it breaks them. Yeah. Um, you've just got to sit back and find someone who can help you or help yourself and yeah, try and get around that barrier and keep moving forward every single day. So how that's definitely of, scary. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds absolutely. How much of it is about finding people that can help you? Oh, it's the whole thing, motivating them. So, you know, really identifying what you're good at, um, which can sometimes be really hard or what you're bad at is probably an easier place to start. You know, yep. thinking about your business, the roles that you're doing now, like I'm thinking about some that I do now and are they my strengths? Probably not, but you're still covering areas. And if you can delegate those off and find people that can do them better than you, that's that's really been the key to scaling and success for us and fast growth, I think, um, you know, hiring people that have those skills or that can learn those skills that you can teach really, really quickly, frees up your time and time's your most valuable, valuable asset. That's not saying you don't want to work hard and continue yep. to do tasks, but there's a fine line between, you know, driving and being operational and doing all those things and then st sitting back and being an actual leader. And as a business owner, whether it's your first day open and you've generated no revenue or you've got a multi-million dollar business, like that is your role. And if you're not good at that, you need to find a way to be or find someone who can do that for you as well and then you can continue to work operationally in the business. So your expertise is around sport, you're a physiotherapist. Yep. Yeah, so graduated my degree when we quit our... Um, 
full-time jobs, which is yep. exciting. And, um, yep. and yeah, scary. Yeah, very, very, very <laughs> scary. Obviously, going into a world where, you know, you're meant to typically finish your degree and go and work in a hospital yep. or, you know, I'm a AFL guy from Hobart and yep. meant to go and chase that AFL dream and want to work at a sports club and yep. still sounds really fun. But, you know, we only opened our first business to be a little side business. It was like, all right, we'll do this. A couple of months later, it'll go really well and we'll just hire someone to run it and we'll go, we'll go off and I'll go do be a physio. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so at the time, I made this decision, which was even more risky to, to open a, a physio clinic in the back of our first gym um, and knew that, you know, at the start I had no name and we, we, oh, I can't even remember what the name is now. I think it's called Key Function. We look back now, you're like, no branding experience. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I knew that I needed a way to continue to be a physio because that kind of gave me an identity. Yep. And I did work as a physio around running our first business, our second business, our third, up until we had six or seven. Yep. And it's about two years in, I broke my leg playing football and it kind of made me stop. Like we were talking about, do what you're good at. And I've yep. always been a good leader. And that kind of made me stop being a physio operationally. And I really enjoyed the physio side, but I was never going to be able to keep up as we continue to scale yeah. our business. Yeah. Um, and now I employ four physios and um, across two locations in the Sydney CBD too. We have a great relationship with my, my gyms and uh, lots of the corporates around the city and I, I'm really glad that I didn't let that side fall away. So you don't always have to, you know, I said you need to go all in on something, but if you know that you can manage it um, and you can manage your time and you know where your priorities lie with each business and what you're trying to do, there's definitely the ability to do two things, three things, four things at once. So. Yep. So how much of it, your skill is around sport and physio, how much of your success in the gym is related to that and how much of it is related to the business acumen? Because that's a whole different skill set. Oh, I'd argue with you there, Craig. I reckon um, a lot of the values that underpin our business and even our franchise are related to sport. So, you know, a lot of the, the team values and the leadership stuff, if you've ever played in a yep. AFL team or a sport team, you see a lot of the leaders stand out and lead from the front or show different leadership styles and you see the workers, the bottom of the pack grabbing the AFL footy and handballing it out where and you see that in your workplace too. Um, yep. You know, I remember I've only ever had one real job. I always joke around it. I worked for the government in Hobart my first year out of school for a couple of months and I think I had no experience in this role I was applying for and all I talked about in the interview was team sport and I got the job. <laughs> but yeah, I think business is quite similar to team sport and that's what we're trying to create. A, like a, our main focus in our business is have, to have a fun environment for our employees where they love coming to work and they feel like they're motivated every single day um, and then that feeds through your whole business yep. to your clients um, and then everyone wants to be around, which is exactly creates that stickiness and makes your business cool and, you know, hip yep. and part of society. So, Yeah, but you've got 123 people in different locations, 120 odd in yeah. 23 locations. How do you communicate with them all? Because they're obviously, you can't see them all every day or even every week. Yeah, we use technology, yep. um, especially with the interstate studios, um, lots of video calls and, you know, I think having a good structure is probably key to that and we're always working on that. We're always getting it wrong because I haven't had a real job. I don't know how you meant to structure it and it's all test and try and ask other people and, you know, communication through those mediums. We use a lot of real-time stuff and we're just arguing today over the amount of emails that we have internally in our business that is just a waste of time for everyone and how we can fix that and project yep. management tools that we can use more effectively to make everything better. Um, I think, yeah, communications as we get bigger and double the number of staff we have now, it's only going to get harder. It's, um, you can't be in everyone in your gyms every day 
training or meeting staff or hiring staff. And that comes back what, to what we were talking about before, hiring people that are better at hiring staff than you were and identifying people's strengths and, you know, motivating them. And then they're your little arms and you can stretch a lot, lot further than you could if you're just reaching yourself. So the growth that you've had has come obviously fairly quickly, four years or so. Um, you've mentioned acquisitions, you've raised capital, you've borrowed money. Yep. How's the funding side of the business worked for you? Because there's a lot of capital involved in setting up a business like this. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And that's definitely one of the challenges that we've faced and continue to face every day. If we want to open another 50 of these, we're going to have to be able to fund them and cash flow is not going to be quick enough for us. Um, yep. If we wait, we'll probably miss the boat and we won't be able to scale and get to that point we want to. What does it cost you to open a gym? Rough, rough uh, sort of numbers. Quarter of a mil. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's not petty cash. Yeah, it's so a bit of money. I guess the funding market um, we were discussing before today is in Australia is quite tough. It was easier yep. to borrow money to fund, say, our gym equipment when we opened our first studio and made no money and had no experience than it is now. And I was yeah chatting Which to is one a bit of ridiculous, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I guess that's as the market changes in Australia and other players come into play, that might get easier for people. And I know there's some people trying to solve that problem at the moment. Um, probably not quite there yet for us, though. We've had yep. lots of barriers, especially, especially lately, because we have the infrastructure and operational ability to grow really quickly. It's just about you know finding a way to fund our so studios. So the funding slowing you down? Yeah, definitely. Okay, lining everything up and ticking everything off and borrowing equipment loans or whatever you want to want to do. And, you know, I've got a good relationship with a number of the banks in in Australia and they are really, really helpful, but only to a certain level because yep. you've got to appeal to what they want. Um, yep. Yeah, we, we opened our first studio and I think Joel, Daniel and I all went and borrowed money from our couple from their parents and went to the bank and got personal loans. And yep. I remember looking at the counter of the banker and there was a discount on personal loans for buying a boat. So typical me, Googled a boat and said, hey, this is the boat I'm buying. <laughs> I still don't have a boat. And you don't so, have a boat. No, nah, I still no. don't have a boat. Maybe awesome. one day. <laughs> but that was the access to funding. Yeah, that was our first studio and, you know, lived off credit cards for a long time and um, no members, no revenue. And our second one, we identified that, you know, that wasn't going to be the way to be able to do it. And we might be able to bring on some people to be able to help us. And we had a number of family, friend, investors that, really, really helped us early on. Um, yep. We definitely couldn't be at the point we are today without them and the faith that they've showed in us. And I think we've just had a, we did that for a number of studios and it became more and more complex with different structures. And, you know, we've got a great team of advisors that have helped us and it, it's just got to a point where it was quite hard to manage and you spent more time yep. doing that than yeah, you should have. Yeah. Um, and I think we've, we've had a restructure recently or we're going through where, you know, it's going to allow us to build a structure that the banks want to see. So you've got to really think about that kind yep. of stuff and, you know, what other investors want to see and um, and everyone's going to, and the best thing about it all is that everyone's won out of it. Yep. I think that's a key mo thing with business. Anyone you get involved, whether it's your lawyer, your financial plan, everyone's getting paid, your, your, your staff, your funder, everyone's going to win. And that's yep. what you really want to want to make happen. That's what everyone wants to happen. So. And your investors have done it well out of this, obviously, yep. with the growth that's there. Because yeah. your funding requirement as a mid-sized business is completely different. You know, you can go and borrow money for a boat or a credit yeah. card when you're small. Exactly. It's just cafe, no worries. convincing the bank that you, where you sit in their segment. You can't do that anymore. No. Clearly. Especially if they're individually structured and you haven't yeah. consolidated and all those kind of things. And I guess... Like I mentioned, we'd have a number of acquisitions. Um, yep. One of our models is, you know, buying a studio that's not performing as well as it should have and turning it around in the first three, four, five months of business and showing everyone what we can do with our skill set. And, you know, banks don't tend to like that aggressive right. growth and that increase in revenue straight away. They want to see historicals for two, three, four years when you didn't own the business and the businesses that haven't been open for yeah. six months. And, yeah, I guess... 
you got to under, really understand what um, someone wants to hear before you go into those meetings. Um, I've always been really honest, though. This is what we want to do, and if someone doesn't like it and it doesn't fit, they're not for us. So be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. We'll How find much, a way. One of those challenges. Yep. How much are the acquisitions and so on is part of your strategy? Um, Australia, 45 is sold out. So you can't go and open a franchise in a territory. Right. Yeah, so okay. um, a big part. And, yeah, we've done a number of deals where – We've bought off studio owners that had a couple of studios that might have had it, had it as an investment um, or an owner-operator that, you know, might be trying to do it all himself and not have the infrastructure and they're ready to exit and their team's ready to be, you know, fit into our structure and we can provide a lot of support, which is really, really good and we might buy a couple of unopened territories at the same time. Yep. Okay. Yeah, which has been, you know, really good because then we can go and open new gyms and we have the ability to navigate that, you know, approval system, that financing system that um, we've done before and you're learning every time which other people try to and get stuck in one yep. of those barriers. Yep. So, Yeah, so because the territories are closed off, you, that's your only way to grow. Yeah, was, um, there's still a lot of unopened territories. We own a couple at the moment right. um, that we're working on and sort of floating around just property reasons or funding yeah, okay. reasons, yeah, those kind of things, right yeah. Yeah, and Australia's a big place, so lots of people. If there's 300, between three and 400 studios open now, there's always a reason why someone needs to exit. And then there's this overseas market, which F45 is pushing really, really hard into. Um, you know, we all probably saw the signing of Mark Mulberg. Um, he spoke yep. at our conference in Vegas last week, which is amazing, and he's bringing a lot of marketing power to our business, yeah, which is which is great. And, um, yeah, they're doing really well in the US. I think 150 studios open. So, Have you got plans to go internationally yourself? Um, while we have opportunities here, we won't, you know, for us now we've got this structure. It would be about building that again somewhere else. We have done that in Brisbane recently. Yep. We only ventured up there six, seven months ago. Uh, we looked to go around Australia. Nothing, no plans set in stone though. Okay. I guess with a business plan these days, which is not what a bank wants to hear, go back to that, yeah. um, you've really got to be adaptable. You've got to know where you want to be, but you're probably not going to end up at that end point. Yeah. Like yeah. we never wanted to be where we are now, but we knew that we need to keep chasing challenges, growing because that allows our team to be excited, their roles to grow, our roles to go. And then, yeah, we one day we might end up, um, but while we've got opportunities here, chase those really hard. So where to from here? How old are you? 28. 28. So you've got a fair career ahead of you. Hopefully not too long. <laughs> what does it look like? Is that what is that the plan? Build it up, no, sell no, it, or no. um, I guess what gets me out of bed every day is those challenges and navigating yep. those problems. And not that I like the problems, but you know, I love being the you person that can, yeah can solve those problems and may lead me back to that whole physio degree. That's all you do as a physio. You know, you're yep. looking at someone's symptoms and their problems and why they've come in and their lifestyle and trying to devise a plan to fix them find out what the solution is and what caused the problem, which yep. is exactly what you're doing in business. Um, and you said like sporting and business worlds are very different. Um, I argue with you there, yeah. amalgamate those and you, you've kind of got the perfect recipe to build that environment people want to be a part of, like in a team. Um, I never had any business experience. It's all common sense and learning on the go and always continue to learn. You know, we'll chase this F45 dream. We've got dreams and plans to be build a wellness empire, I guess. And, you know, we've got the physio side and we're always looking into new recovery wellness-based solutions and those kind of things. But while you've got something good going, really chase it and you can venture on the side and listen to stuff that's going on in America or here. And, yeah, it's really, really exciting. Great part, thing to be a part of, health. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And it's a growing industry. You, yeah. You see it everywhere now. It's 100%. Yeah, 2.3% growth last year in Australia, I think. So. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. So before we wrap up, number one tip for mid-market business owners 
hearing your story about growth and how successful you've been, what's the number one tip? I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about challenges and risks and that's all really business is in this kind of size. You, you got to take those risks and, you know, be confident in, in the decisions that you're making. And then when you face a challenge, which you should expect and you should nearly revel in, you know, really look at it from all angles and find a way around it and how you can continue to move forward and get to that input or towards that and just be always open to ideas. Fantastic. Heaps of good ideas there, mate. Thanks for coming in. Um, I look forward. I know you're going to get to 50 and I'm sure you'll get to a lot more. Good luck with it. Thanks for having me, guys. And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Midmarket Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au. 